Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, May 6, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer that hit the web this morning. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. Joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Managing Editor Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. And Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. So we might have a bunch of people new to the podcast listening today because an episode of our podcast is airing on the Slash Film cast feed so welcome everybody to uh this new podcast uh today we're doing something unusual usually we talk about the the movie news of the day but the movie news today is the spider-man far from home trailer it's the second trailer released by sony for this film and um you know it starts off with a spoiler warning from tom holland himself which is kind of funny if you think about it um so i guess well first of all are, like, are spoilers open for Avengers Endgame? Like, is, is that official? I mean, yeah. Like, the Russo brothers, you know, said last week that Monday was probably going to be the time they did it. And based on what happens and is what, what is revealed in this Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, which is official marketing for the next movie... Uh, it's spoilers are fair game. People have had almost two weeks to see Avengers Endgame now. If you haven't gone out of your way to see it yet, and a bunch of other people have and get made the movie two point two billion dollars, <laughs> then and you don't care enough to not have it spoiled for you. It's literally the second most seen movie in theaters, right? Or at least according to the box office dollars of this time. So. I mean, th- th- a lot of people were upset that the Russo brothers were saying that last week. And I think the reason why they were saying that was because this trailer was sitting uh, today and obviously reveals the fate of characters from Avengers Endgame. I think our rule, our hard, fast rule on SlashFilm.com has always been if it's in the trailer, if it's in the marketing, it's not a spoiler for us, right? That's how we treat it. So I think it, the stuff that they're talking about in – the Spider-Man Far From Home marketing, like, now is open game, right, Jacob? Yeah, I, I agree. The thing what we struggle with is how to create compelling stories and compelling headlines without spoiling things. 
And the one rule we follow is if the studio is cool putting on the internet in front of millions of eyeballs for free, then we should be okay to cover it entirely, which means we're going to really dig in this trailer. And everything in this trailer is up for examination, up for chatter. So if you don't like that, <laughs> you should probably uh, turn away just for this podcast and come back for next episode. Yeah, I mean, we will be, we will be spoiling some of Avengers Endgame in this podcast that isn't spoiled in this trailer. So, you know, probably don't listen to this until you've seen Endgame and... I, I can't imagine why you're listening to movie podcasts at this point, you know, weeks after Endgame has come out um, and not seen it at that point. So, um, okay. Uh, let's talk about this trailer. Uh, what, what what did you guys think of this trailer? I, I was kind of surprised at how big this movie looks. Like, uh, the first movie is a lot more of a high school movie, and this movie has, you know big huge elemental monsters and there's magic going on and has an international appeal to it uh the action looks uh bigger and more intense uh brad what did you think uh yeah i mean this this definitely a widen the scope of spider-man you know i mean we he originally was just a friendly neighborhood spider-man and was trying to keep things uh you know safe in new york and even when he was offered a job on the Avengers, he felt like he needed to stay a little bit closer to the ground for a while. That, that didn't last long since he ended up going to space with the Avengers uh, in Infinity War and, and Endgame. But uh, now he, he's uh, he's still trying to maintain you know, that life as a high school kid, going on a, a trip for the summer, getting away from trying to take care of crime in New York. He, you know, he even leaves his, uh, or at least tries to leave his Spider-Man suit at home. Um, but yeah, it's obviously that he's, you know, entered uh, another level of, you know, being a superhero. Nick Fury recruits him for this mission and there's somebody else who is apparently from another earth and there's these crazy elemental creatures and it's just, we'll we'll get all into that, but like, are are you more excited for this that it's getting bigger or less excited? I think, I think that I'm just more curious now what they're going to do with this character now that he's experienced so much in a relatively short period of time. And I'm I'm mostly interested in how they're going to treat Peter Parker as a character because one of my favorite things about the first movie was the 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 presence of all the high school stuff and really getting to spend time with a a young Peter Parker and dealing with the woes of being being a high school student who is also a superhero. That's not something that we saw anywhere else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before. So that that added a different dynamic to this iteration of Spider-Man, and I hope that that sticks around here. There's there's definitely some uh, snippets of it in here because with his, you know, blossoming romance with MJ, and then they have a couple, you know, random funny bits with his classmates who are also on the this European trip with him. So I I, I want to um, see them maintain that high school dynamic while also still feeding into you know what what is the driving force of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is this this big comic book spectacle. Yeah, for me, Spider Man Homecoming, the best parts of that movie were him at school having to deal with like. The you know the, the the more human side of things when he had to like actually leave the homecoming dance and you know things get big or when he's on the Staten Island ferry I feel like those are the weakest parts of that movie in my opinion uh, and you know these elemental creatures kind of worry me a bit uh, J- Jacob am I am I getting too far ahead of myself here am I like should I just be going along with that I mean Spidey has always been kind of big in the comics. Yeah, think about Spider-Man and something I actually enjoy about what they do with him sometimes is, yeah, he's very much a local superhero. He's one of New York's heroes. He 
you know, tends to the streets. He is an icon for the city, and he doesn't like you know swing over to um, L.A. to help out in Los Angeles for a venture and go back. He's a very much a neighborhood guy. So when when he does get broken out into an adventure, when he does get teamed up with the Avengers and sent off on a mission, the fun of Spider-Man is seeing this guy who's used to fighting bank robbers, fighting much bigger threats. And I'm really hoping that this movie leans into that, doesn't just treat it like, oh, there's another adventure of Spider-Man, but a, a case of Spider-Man realizing, oh, this is huge, and Iron Man's no longer around to protect me. Oh my goodness, what do I do now? And if I can do that, and really lean into the hugeness of it for Peter Parker, that's very much in line with the character and what they've done with them. I, li- I like the idea of Spider-Man being overwhelmed by everything, both at home, at school, and at work. And this looks like a work nightmare for him, and I'm very excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, we see in this trailer, it opens up with kind of like these memorials for Tony, or throughout the trailer, actually. There's, you know, that um, mural for him on the side of the building of, of, of Iron Man, and there's memorials in the streets. So uh, I, I guess you're getting to the heart of this matter. Like, now that Iron Man is gone someone is going to have to step up and take his place in this world, right? Yeah, and that's uh, I'm curious what the journey here is. I can't imagine the journey being Spider-Man becomes, you know, the new Iron Man. The journey has to be Spider-Man realizes he does not need to be the new Iron Man. He can be the first Spider-Man. Um, but at the same time, the idea of the weight being on his shoulders, the idea of being his surrogate father figure who made his suits and took care of him and offered advice and grounded him even in Homecoming, him not being there is going to be a, something he's got to deal with and learn to deal with. And the idea of Nick Fury, the, the, the not-so-nice uncle figure, <laughs> marching in there and bossing him around and him having to maybe balance you know, a new father figure in Mysterio who will get to Nick Fury, Happy Hogan. You know, this kid who does not have that masculine force in his life is going to probably be searching for something new. And I'm hoping he comes to the right conclusion, which is that he doesn't need him. He has Aunt May. But you know what? We'll see. I'm very curious to see how they'll play with that dynamic. Now, even though we've written about this on the site and we've talked about it on this podcast, I am still getting emails. I'm still getting Twitter comments being like, it doesn't make sense. Why is Peter and his uh, friends back in school in the same grade? Like, you know, after the events of what happened at the end of Endgame with the unsnapping um so uh, brad explain it one more time just so that everybody everybody's on the same page yeah so everybody that is returning to high school at the end of avengers endgame and is still in high school in spider-man far from home all disappeared in the snap everybody who's still in school was gone for five years now they're back they still have to finish high school so they're the, the directors have addressed this and so there, there will be some people who were in high school who have since gone on and graduated and gone to college. We don't know if they'll reference any of the, of those people. Um, and it does seem yeah. kind of a, you and, know. And, and there could also be the possibility of the other thing of, like, you know, some of these characters like MJ or Ned had, like, a little brother or little sister. And they're now of their age in their grade, which is kind of weird. That would that would be something interesting that they would do. I, I wonder if there will be a direct reference to that idea if, if they will talk about any friends who are like now in college because they've been gone and uh, how they're going to play with that. But logistically, all, all of the Peter, Peter Parker's friends uh, were also snapped away when Thanos snapped his fingers with the Infinity Stones. Now they're back in school and trying to, to get back to normal life. So we do feel the impact of Tony being gone from this world. We don't actually see any of like this five years of people being gone, like the leftovers kind of like feeling 
of that world. Like we're, we're not feeling that. I'm I'm sure we'll get it in the actual film, but we're I I, I don't see it at least in the like. Did I miss any miss any of that those like little bits, Brad? I know you did a a whole trailer breakdown for the site, which I'll link in the show notes. No, it doesn't seem like it. There there aren't really any hints as to uh, how people are recovering from that. The closest thing are, is the Iron Man memorials, but but beyond that, uh, you know we. We don't even necessarily know how much time has passed between Endgame and when this this movie starts. You know, um, part of me wonders if maybe we'll we'll get a movie that picks up uh, maybe immediately after the funeral in Endgame, and Peter is you know it starts off from there, or if uh, we'll get like a bookend that starts there and then maybe flashes forward a little bit in time when people are a little bit more settled after that. So that 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 still remains to be seen. Interestingly, in this movie, we have John Favreau's character, Happy Hogan, uh, kind of uh, working for Peter in a way. Like, uh, Jacob, what do you how do you anticipate? Like, I feel like after Endgame, I was expecting Happy Hogan to be gone from the MCU. I feel like him and Pepper are like their stories are done and we weren't going to see them again. Obviously, we knew that Happy uh, John Favreau was in this movie. But uh, what do you think his role is going to be moving forward? I don't want to say too much because I've edited some articles going up in a few days that may explain more of this. Okay. But I I like the idea of Happy Hogan being around because in Homecoming he was always so frustrated with Peter. And now they uh, have lost a mutual friend. They've lost a mutual guiding light in their lives. And, you know, being together could be a, a healing process for the two of them. They have a lot to talk about and a lot to work through. And they could fill the gaping void in each other's lives and in ways that could be funny or interesting or moving. Uh, but I think we'll have a little bit more to say about this on Wednesday, but until yeah. then, Brad, what do you think? Yeah, I think that you, like, like Peter said, you know, uh, 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 Peter Parker has this uh, <laughs> role to, um, to fill now that Tony Stark isn't his mentor anymore. And I think that that void is going to be filled by, by several different people. Um, you know, like he, happy Hogan, uh, maybe you know Quentin Beck could end up be, uh, being this figure for him since he seems like he's a hero in his own right for the time being, as how he's presented in this trailer. Um, and so, yeah, there's I, I think that Happy will be kind of a a, a key part of that. And um, as, as was hinted in the first trailer too, I I think that there um there might be some, a little bit of something there with Aunt May. There's that that flirt flirtatious vibe between them. Uh, so there could be something that comes from from that as well. But I do like the idea of him being integral in this way and helping shape this, you know, uh, this this kid's life and kind of picking up that mantle from from Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed in this trailer is Peter's a little bit more confident and cocky, it seems like, especially in that scene where he he helps out the uh, New York PD. Like uh, that whole line about uh, he's doing their job for them. I, I almost expected, uh, expected like the end of that line to be like, I have homework to do or something like that. That felt like it would have been more of the like homecoming Peter. But it feel, this feels more of the Peter Parker from the comics. More of like, I want to say even like the Peter Parker that we saw in Amazing Spider-Man, the movie, movie series. Uh, do you guys agree or disagree? Yeah, I love wisecracking uh, Spider-Man, and I and I think him, you know, joking around with with the police is something that's like kind of a trademark thing of Spider-Man uh, in the in the comics and really really any medium that he's been transported to is he's he's always been this kind of you know sarcastic kid who isn't really a, a jerk, but he's just always kind of you know cracking jokes here and there. So I kind of like that they're bringing that dynamic into it. 
Okay, let's uh, let's talk about a couple things uh, we noticed in this trailer, and you can find all the stuff in Brad's breakdown of the trailer, and uh, also a piece that Jacob wrote up. We'll we'll link those in the show notes. Uh, but one thing I want to bring up: there is a shot of Spider-Man swinging through New York City, and we see in the background what appears to be Stark Tower, which is getting completely renovated. Um, you know, Tony Stark is you know now left us. I assume. Uh, the building has probably been sold. Uh, my theory here, my, 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 my nerdy theory that probably isn't true is that Stark Tower is going to become Oscorp. Jake, what do you, what do you think of this? Uh, like I said, it would not, nothing to back it up, but I would love <laughs> to see Norman Osborn in the MCU because I, I like Willem Dafoe playing those original movies. Uh, but he's, he's never been given the proper due as like the, the big bad of Spider-Man on the big screen. And I would love to see the right actor bring Norman Osborn and all the sleazy life in the MCU. And I think putting him in Tony Stark's old building would be rubbing salt in Spider-Man's wounds in a way that would be incredibly fun to watch. So I'm really hoping that third movie, because we all know it's going to come, will have J. Joe and Jameson attacking Peter from one angle and Norman Osborn attacking from another. But that's just me looking blindly toward the future to a movie that hasn't even been written yet. Yeah. Okay, I didn't think about, I, I didn't think about that dynamic of Oscorp taking over Stark Tower in that way. That that definitely makes for an interesting dynamic. However, allow me to propose one other theory, and that's that maybe the uh, Stark Tower becomes the Baxter Building. Hmm. Yeah, I'm down for that too, Brad. Yeah, that could be <laughs> interesting those, as well. And for those who don't know what what that reference is, uh, that's where the Fantastic Four are based in New York. That that could make sense as well. Um, Okay, let's talk about the most interesting thing of this trailer, what everybody is talking about online, and that is that Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Mysterio, it is revealed by by um, Nick Fury that he is from Earth, but not this Earth, a different Earth, that the snap basically caused holes in the multiverse to open, and he's from a different multiverse. So, uh, Jacob, you wrote a whole piece on this. Uh, breaking down what this could possibly mean. So if we take this at face value, if we take this as like this is actually true, what could this possibly mean? Yeah, taking this at face value, um, which we'll get to the alternate version of this in a second, this means that the, the multiverse has come to the MCU. And multiverse is a concept that exists in a Marvel universe, a version of it exists in the DC universe. And the idea being that there are infinite numbers of dimensions you know, out there and you can, and if you have the right ability or the right, right pathway, you can jump between dimensions and visit an alternate earth where, for example, the Nazis won World War II or an alternate earth where Captain America is not Captain America. And so pretty much in, this means that there are so many possibilities, like it's a playground for experimentation and a playground for bringing back dead characters if that was the thing you wanted to do or setting a character up against himself, an evil version of himself in another world. And even more interestingly, the prime universe that we've always followed in Marvel Comics is called 616. It's not it's just a number. And meanwhile, the, there's other comic universes that have different numbers. And presumably, the MCU is another numbered universe that exists in the same multiverse as the comics if you really want to get really nerdy. So this could mean that all kinds of weirdness could start happening. You start having storylines, your characters are visiting alternate dimensions. You could, in, in 10 years, a younger Iron Man from a different multiverse, another coin multiverse, returns to the MCU and have a new series of Iron Man movies if you wanted to do that. So th there are all kinds of wacky things out there. And one idea you suggested, Peter, uh, uh, online to me was the idea that if they wanted to bring in the X-Men and have Magneto still have his uh, origin story of having survived the Holocaust during World War II, 
they could, you know, have him be from an alternate dimension and have somehow being merged into ours. Because if you still want to have the origin story in, you know, 2020, 2021, then Magneto has to be nearly a century old. And that's just not what you want to do with your big bad villain. So ultimately, it just creates all kinds of opportunities uh, for experimentation, for storytelling, and all kinds of ways to get creative or get derivative if you aren't yeah. too careful. But what do you guys think about this? If, if, if considering if we all think this is true and Mysterio is from another dimension, what do you want to see from this? Well, the interesting thing here is we don't know what phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. And like, we really know nothing. We know that this film, Kevin Feige has said this film is the the end of phase three. Um, probably because it kind of uh, shows the, the, you know, what happened after the unsnapping and kind of shows the after effects of that, I'm assuming. But uh, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting the idea that multiverses were going to be introduced. Obviously, multiverses have been mentioned in Doctor Strange movie. It's uh, the uh, the Russo brothers when they decided to do Endgame and do the time travel in there. They 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 have talked at length of they chose the multiverse version of time travel. So, uh, you know, when people are going back into the, to the past, they're actually going to an alternate multiverse, uh, not actually the past of the prime timeline. Uh, what what could this mean for the future of the MCU? I don't know. It's it's pretty exciting, though, because this could uh, I don't know. I, 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 it, it's unlimited possibilities. It's actually this is the kind of stuff that scares me from the comic books like this. I, I am I am a comic book reader, but when it gets like this nerdy i tend to like shy away because it feels like almost anything is possible and like you can bring people back from the dead and like you can clone people and like you know the multiverses can ex- can retcon anything uh and that kind of worries me but i'm i'm sure like it, i'm sure if they're introducing the concept of the multiverse and if that is the concept for phase four that would all be leading up to some big event you know five years down the line what that could be, I don't know. Uh, Jacob, do you, is there any events in the comics that, like, big mega events revolving around the multiverse? I mean, a lot of them. Too many for me to start <laughs> rambling off here. But, yeah, I, I, I'll i do some research and, and come back to you on that one, Peter, for, like, some really good yeah. definitive examples. But, yeah, like I said, it's a case where it could get really lazy really fast or it could be a really cool opportunity to tell nifty stories. And I feel like a lot of times multiverses leaned on, Oh, Wolverine's dead. We'll bring in also Wolverine from earth number, whatever. And, but that's it not, would be that's cool. It would be cool if there was a time where we could bring Hugh Jackman as Wolverine into the MCU just for a moment for some, some fan service reason. Yeah, I would be to- actually. You know what? I'd be totally down for a uh, cameo appearance of the from their original X Men cast as characters maybe jump through dimensions. They pop into the the dimension where only the 20th Century Fox X Men exist for like 30 seconds. <laughs> that could be funny. Uh, Brad, what are your feelings on the multiverse and the MCU? Yeah, I, I presuming this is true. Um, I I like the potential here because Marvel has done a lot of cool things with the multiverse in comics, and I think the opportunity for seeing multiple versions of the same superhero, the the possibility of them interacting with each other, the potential for huge crossover stories, potentially one you know something that could be bigger than even uh, Infinity War and Endgame were. Uh, the the idea of the multiverse just opens so many possibilities. And I would love to see it come come to fruition. Um, so so yeah, I'm I'm fully on board if if Marvel really starts to 
dig into the much more complex and nerdier side of the Marvel Comics universe. Okay, but the big question here is, what if this is a swerve? And I, I, I think all our Spidey senses are tingling here because Mysterio is not a character in the comic books that can be trusted. So, Jacob, explain this side of things. Yes. Uh, in the comics, Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, is a, a disgruntled special effects genius who uses technology and illusions to create the to create the idea of supernatural events, like he has magic or he has like supernatural allies. So he can do like petty crime shit, like rob banks and all the stuff Spider-Man usually deals with. And the fun of him is that he seems like an all-powerful Doctor Strange type figure, but he is actually just as petty, as low rent, as street level as like the Vulture or other classic Spider-Man villains. So when the moment I hear Quentin Beck in this trailer being described as somebody from Ultimate Dimension and seeing these all these magical powers against these elemental monsters that invade our Earth. All I can think is, oh, Quentin Beck is playing Nick Fury for a fool. He is created this elaborate backstory, has teamed up with a bunch of uh, low-rent Spidey villains like Hydro Man and Molten, Molten Man, who have these crazy powers, but has like helped them look a lot bigger and powerful than they really are, and is pulling a long con on... Nick Fury and on the world to try to make himself into a new Iron Man. He's trying to trick everybody into thinking he's a hero and if he can profit off of it in some way with the help of all these um, elemental-powered um, Spider-Man villains. So, I don't believe this for a second. I think the multiverse is being introduced for a reason. I think we'll see more of that in, in movies going forward. And I think they're teasing it here to set that up. But I 100% think that the movie is ultimately Peter realizing his new best bud and Iron Man replacement Mysterio is actually just another total jerk who's out for out for himself my only problem with this is like these elementals look too good to be just like some special effects like do you know what i mean like these look way i mean it, i mean obviously they are special effects but you know they look too good to be special effects in this in the mcu i guess we'll see we don't know the extent of mysterio's you know technology or power set in this film yeah uh but for example if we see these, these godlike creatures, and if some toy leaks are to be believed, uh, these aren't. This isn't like you know a water god. It's Hydro Man, who's like some bumbling doofus with water powers. And it's not like a sand god. It is Sandman, you know, a bumbling doofus with sand powers. But so I, I like the, so I like the I, idea. Oh, sorry, Brad. No, but I will say though, at the same time, just because they're using those villain names doesn't necessarily mean they'll stay true to form as to as to how those villains appear in the Marvel comics. They could just be using those villain names because they match up with the traits of those villains in the comics, but really they're just actually, you know, like technological creations that Mysterio has made and the names that they're given tie to the comics in that way instead of having uh, some kind of uh, an actual person at the at the center of that kind of thing. Yeah. I guess I'm just picturing in my mind the idea of this of Mysterio trying to be a, a all-powerful sorcerer meeting with all of his goons in a back alley and yelling at them for getting things wrong if not killing spider-man that's an image i want to see um like i said I'm, I'm just stabbing out the dark here but i really hope the reveal is that mysterio is this petty con man because to me that's so much more interesting than yet another all-powerful guy yeah. I see. I I do like that idea just because it would be a, a great way to bring Mysterio into the MCU and stay true to uh, the character roots. But I also think that it would be a fun twist is if everyone is thinking that and that that uh, they, even the movie makes you think that maybe he's fake. But then it turns out he actually is from another uh, another dimension. 
I mean, they and, could put, pull that swerve. They did that with Ben Mendelsohn in Captain Marvel. Like, everybody assumed that he he was the bad guy of the movie. Right. So I, I it would be great if he was one of the multiverse. But I think, uh, for me, the biggest argument against it is that if he if he's he is from another multiverse and he's from a uh, place where apparently there isn't a Spider-Man because he he says the line in the trailer is like I wish there was someone like you in in my world uh, that seems to imply that a not only is there not a Spider-Man in his world but b there aren't any superheroes because he's he apparently has to contend with things on his own which is why he is who he is and I would find it hard to believe that Marvel would introduce the idea of multiverses without acknowledging that superheroes do exist in those other multiverses. Well, I think Unless they he's exist. full of crap. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But I think well, that... that's, that's what I, that's what I mean is if, is if it were true and what he's saying that like, then that, that wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't, that, that wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. But, but Dr. Strange brings up in infinity war, the possibility that there's a, what is it like 1.4 million possibilities of that confrontation with Thanos so that is 1.4 or whatever the number is. I, I know people are probably yelling at their podcast app at this point. But uh, there's over a million universes that have not only have superheroes, but have them fighting against Thanos, have, have this team, the Avengers fighting against Thanos. So there's probably billions of multiverses. Some of those don't have superheroes at all, I would assume. But uh, One of them is us. One of us is a world where they're all movies. Yeah. No. That's a good point. Um, okay, there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on. Uh, the MJ-Peter relationship at the core here, you know, his crush on MJ, and he, uh, we see him go to try to tell her his feelings, and we have that moment where MJ confesses that she actually knows that, uh, Peter's secret, that he's Spider-Man. I'm actually surprised that they showed this in the trailer. This feels like something I wish, uh, I, you know, I'm not a spoiler-phobic person. I like uh, watching trailers. I'm not one of those people that like, you know, uh, close my eyes and put my fingers in my ears, to, you know, before a movie when the trailers are playing. But I feel like that that would have been maybe a cool moment to see on the big screen. Yeah, I can't speak, you know, for sure how that moment would have played if it was in the theater first or in a trailer first. But I do like that because I do think that Peter trying to keep his identity secret for everyone in his life is fun for a little while. But it gets really old and it makes all his supporting characters look really stupid. So I like that they got Aunt May out of the way in the first movie, and I like getting MJ out of the way here, because the only thing more interesting than him keeping a secret is him trying to make his friends keep his secret for him. So I'm very, very excited to see the Spider-Man supporting cast grow, because, you know, Spider-Man's always been this solitary figure, and I like the idea of him letting friends in and having a support group for me it, it is different and it's fun and i'm excited to see how his support group can get involved and influence how he superheroes yeah but the more people that know the more people that are in danger jacob exactly it's, it's more exciting uh, the other cool thing is we got to see the stealth suit, this like black spider-man suit i know we saw like some set photos and stuff of that what, what do we know about that uh brad yeah i mean it's a it's a new suit for spider-man uh we don't know exactly uh, what he's going to be using it for. Obviously, its intention is to be a little bit more covert. Uh, a bright blue and red suit isn't really uh, good for pulling off espionage, and whatever Nick Fury is recruiting him to do uh, with this suit is something that requires a little bit more uh, sneaking around. Um, it's, it's a suit that uh, has been used in Marvel Comics several times before. 
and uh, clearly he's using it while doing whatever needs to be done abroad. We're not sure if he needs to sneak in somewhere, if he's doing some kind of surveillance or uh, anything like that. But it's yeah, it looks like it's a totally new suit too. It doesn't seem like it's like an alternate mode for the the Stark suit because um, one thing you'll notice in the trailer is uh, he's wearing the Iron Spider suit. Uh, for part of it, but when he goes on vacation to Europe, he intentionally leaves his suits behind, but Aunt May, uh, knowing that uh, he is Spider-Man, actually packs the Stark suit in his luggage with him, kind of as a just-in-case, you know, kind of thing. Uh, And so that's why he has uh, that suit when he's in Europe, but uh, the stealth suit, I would imagine, is probably something that uh, Fury and his people helped create for him to, for whatever this task is they need him to pull off. I actually think that Stark suit is a little bit too powerful. We saw we saw at the end of Endgame, like, uh, what was that mode where it was, like, automatic kill mode? Instant kill. <laughs> Instant kill mode. Like, that just seems too powerful. But it's also something that Spidey probably wouldn't use in the real world because he's not going to be killing humans. It's okay if we're killing uh, dog bug creatures, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he definitely <laughs> unleashed it during uh, Endgame from... From the Iron Spider suit, which is probably even more more advanced than the original Stark suit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and Peter, I'm, I'm with you. I want the Iron Spider suit uh, irreparably damaged as soon as possible. So Spider-Man can back can be underdog again. I do not like super advanced armored claw Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man to be fighting by the edge of his teeth at all times. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of mixed on that because I do. Uh, I mean, no matter what, like you would think. I think Parker would would get to that point, especially you know. After everything, you know, Tony Stark has shown him like that, that a suit like that can be capable of. Um, I, I but... just feel like the power creep on, you know, any of this like um, nanotechnology suits that Tony has developed. It's, it's just like so powerful. And I, I want to see people that have more realistic. Um, I mean, and by realistic, I mean, could shoot webs out of their hands and swing <laughs> through the. But you that know... is. It is countered by the fact, though, that the threats that they're facing are becoming more powerful. So it's not as if this, you know, this suit is a catch-all. Like, well, now he he can do anything. Yeah. Okay, guys, we've done over thirty minutes on a two and a half minute trailer. So congratulations. Uh, where can we find more of your work online, Brad? Always on slashfilm.com. Uh, check out Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton and uh, my podcast Go Flicks Yourself on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. Jacob, where can we find you? I am helping run the show over at SlashFilm.com every single day, and I want to briefly plug a mini-series we're doing on SlashFilm this week called Debate of Thrones, where a bunch of SlashFilm regulars and a few new names are writing impassioned defenses or arguments against various Game of Thrones characters as to who should be sitting on the Iron Throne when the series is over. They're all written in the universe as if we actually lived in Westeros and are written as if they're like political columns. So it should be very fun. So check it out on the site. Uh, there should be two live by the time this podcast is up. Yeah. I-, I want someone to write the fan fiction of how that Starbucks cup ended up on the table in last night's episode. Like Don't a- tempt me, Peter. I really think I could. I-, I need to think this over, but I think I could. Yeah. And if you want more Spider-Man Far From Home coverage, you can find the link to the trailer in the show notes. You can also find Jacob's wonderful art- article exploring what the idea of multiverses would mean and Brad's 
trailer breakdown, which goes, you know, image by image, analyzing everything from the foreground to the background. You can find more of my work at Slash Home on all social media. Uh, I've started a YouTube channel. You should check it out. It's called Ordinary Adventures. I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, we're doing trips to like theme parks and, and movie stuff. So ch- check that out. Uh, you can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. This podcast, Slash Home Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. You'll see in the trailer breakdown, uh, it seems like Peter Parker has Tony Stark's sunglasses. And it makes me wonder exactly what he inherits from Tony Stark. You think he inherited that or he stole them? I mean, I suppose he could have stolen them, but I'm not, I'm not sure why he would. <laughs> Peter Parker has become a petty theft. I, I mean, I mean, and I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Stark left him behind plenty of cool shit. Yeah, what if he left behind like, a storage unit, like that's actually a secret lab? It's where he builds all the spire, spider yeah, tech. That, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. What if, What if Stark Tower is not Oscorp? What if that is going to be the future? Uh, does Spider Man have like a secret kind of like layer kind of thing? depends on the era and whoever's writing him sometimes he's literally living with three roommates in a crappy apartment or he lives in a multi-story high-rise as a billionaire so it really depends on pick a year peter yeah (laughs)